fear and trembling introduction and preparation by soren kierkegaard eighteen thirteen to eighteen fifty five published in eighteen forty three translated by lee hollander in nineteen twenty three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. not only in the world of commerce but also in the world of ideas our age has arranged a regular clearance sale everything may be had at such absurdly low prices that very soon the question will arise whether anyone cares to bid every waiter with a speculative turn who carefully marks the significant progress of modern philosophy every lecturer in philosophy every tutor student every sticker and quitter of philosophy they are not content with doubting everything but go right on it might possibly be ill-timed and inopportune to ask them whither they are bound but it is no doubt polite and modest to take it for granted that they have doubted everything else it were a curious statement for them to make that they were proceeding onward so they have all of them completed that preliminary operation and it would seem with such ease that they do not think it necessary to waste a word about how they did it the fact is not even he who looked anxiously and with a troubled spirit for some little point of information ever found one nor any instruction nor even a little dietetic prescription as to how one is to accomplish this enormous task but did not descartes proceed in this fashion descartes indeed that venerable humble honest thinker whose writings surely no one can read without deep emotion descartes did what he said and said what he did alas alas that is a mighty rare thing in our times but descartes as he says frequently enough never uttered doubts concerning his faith in our times as was remarked no one is content with faith but goes right on the question is to whither they are proceeding may be a silly question whereas it is a sign of urbanity and culture to assume that every one has faith to begin with for else it were a curious statement for them to make that they are proceeding further in the olden days it was different then faith was a task for a whole lifetime because it was held that proficiency in faith was not to be won within a few days or weeks hence when the tried patriarch felt his end approaching after having fought his battles and preserved his faith he was still young enough at heart not to have forgotten the fear and trembling which disciplined his youth and which the mature man has under control but which no one entirely outgrows except in so far as he succeeds in going on as early as possible the goal which these venerable men reached at last at that spot everyone starts in our times in order to proceed further preparation 
there lived a man who when a child had heard the beautiful bible story of how god tempted abraham and how he stood the test how he maintained his faith and against his expectations received his son back again as this man grew older he read this same story with ever greater admiration for now life had separated what had been united in the reverent simplicity of the child and the older he grew the more frequently his thoughts reverted to that story his enthusiasm waxed stronger and stronger and yet the story grew less and less clear to him finally he forgot everything else in thinking about it and his soul contained but one wish which was to behold abraham and but one longing which was to have been witness to that event his desire was not to see the beautiful lands of the orient and not the splendor of the promised land and not the reverent couple whose old age the lord had blessed with children and not the venerable figure of the aged patriarch and not the god-given vigorous youth of isaac it would have been the same to him if the event had come to pass on some barren heath but his wish was to have been with abraham on the three days journey when he rode with sorrow before him and with isaac at his side his wish was to have been present at the moment when abraham lifted up his eyes and saw mount moriah afar off to have been present at the moment when he left his asses behind and wended his way up to the mountain alone with isaac for the mind of this man was busy not with the delicate conceits of the imagination but rather with his shuddering thought the man we speak of was no thinker he felt no desire to go beyond his faith it seemed to him the most glorious fate to be remembered as the father of faith and a most enviable lot to be possessed of that faith even if no one knew it the man we speak of was no learned exegetist he did not even understand hebrew who knows but a knowledge of hebrew might have helped him to understand readily both the story and abraham one and god tempted abraham and said unto him take isaac thine only son whom thou lovest and go to the land moriah and sacrifice him there on a mountain which i shall show thee it was in the early morning abraham arose betimes and had his ass saddled he departed from his tent and isaac with him but sarah looked out of the window after them until they were out of sight silently they rode for three days but on the fourth morning abraham said not a word but lifted up his eyes and beheld mount moriah in the distance he left his servants behind and leading isaac by the hand he approached the mountain but abraham said to himself i shall surely conceal from isaac whither he is going he stood still he laid his hands on isaac's head to bless him and isaac bowed down to receive his blessing and abraham's aspect was fatherly his glance was mild his speech admonishing but isaac understood him not 
his soul would not rise to him he embraced abraham's knees he besought him at his feet he begged for his young life for his beautiful hopes he recalled the joy in abraham's house when he was born he reminded him of the sorrow and the loneliness that would be after him then did abraham raise up the youth and lead him by his hand and his words were full of consolation and admonishment but isaac understood him not he ascended mount moriah but isaac understood him not then abraham averted his face for a moment but when isaac looked again his father's countenance was changed his glance wild his aspect terrible he seized isaac and threw him to the ground and said thou foolish lad believest thou i am thy father an idol worshipper am i believest thou it is god's command nay but my pleasure then isaac trembled and cried out in his fear god in heaven have pity on me god of abraham show mercy to me i have no father on earth be thou my father but abraham said softly to himself father in heaven i thank thee better is it that he believes me inhuman than that he should lose his faith in thee when a child is to be weaned his mother blackens her breast for it were a pity if her breast should look sweet to him when he is not to have it then the child believes that her breast has changed but his mother is ever the same her glance is full of love and as tender as ever happy he who needed not worse means to wean his child two it was in the early morning abraham arose betimes and embraced sarah the bride of his old age and sarah kissed isaac who had taken the shame from her isaac her pride her hope for all coming generations then the twain rode silently along their way and abraham's glance was fastened on the ground before him until on the fourth day when he lifted up his eyes and beheld mount moriah in the distance but then his eyes again sought the ground without a word he put the faggots in order and bound isaac and without a word he unsheathed his knife then he beheld the ram god had chosen and sacrificed him and wended his way home from that day on abraham grew old he could not forget that god had required this of him isaac flourished as before but abraham's eye was darkened he saw happiness no more when a child has grown and is to be weaned his mother will in maidenly fashion conceal her breast then the child has a mother no longer happy the child who has lost not his mother in any other sense three it was in the early morning abraham arose betimes he kissed sarah the young mother and sarah kissed isaac her joy her delight for all times and abraham rode on his way lost in thought 
he was thinking of hagar and her son whom he had driven out into the wilderness he ascended mount moriah and he drew the knife it was a calm evening when abraham rode out alone and he rode to mount moriah there he cast himself down on his face and prayed to god to forgive him his sin in that he had been about to sacrifice his son isaac and in that the father had forgotten his duty to his son and yet oftener he rode in his lonely way but he found no rest he could not grasp that it was a sin that he had wanted to sacrifice to god his most precious possession him from whom he would most gladly have died many times but if it was a sin if he had not loved isaac thus then could he not grasp the possibility that he could be forgiven for what sin more terrible when the child is to be weaned the mother is not without sorrow that she and her child are to be separated more and more that the child who had first lain under her heart and afterwards at any rate rested at her breast is to be so near to her no more so they sorrow together for that brief while happy is he who kept his child so near to him and needed not to sorrow more four it was in the early morning all was ready for the journey in the house of abraham he bade farewell to sarah and eliezer his faithful servant accompanied him along the way for a little while they rode together in peace abraham and isaac until they came to mount moriah and abraham prepared everything for the sacrifice calmly and mildly but when his father turned aside in order to unsheath his knife isaac saw that abraham's left hand was knit in despair and that a trembling shook his frame but abraham drew forth the knife then they returned home again and sarah hastened to meet them but isaac had lost his faith no one in all the world ever said a word about this nor did isaac speak to any man concerning what he had seen and abraham suspected not that any one had seen it when the child is to be weaned his mother has the stronger food ready lest the child perish happy he who has in readiness this stronger food thus and in many similar ways thought the man whom i have mentioned about this event and every time he returned after a pilgrimage to mount moriah he sank down in weariness folding his hands and saying no one in truth was great as was abraham and who can understand him End of fear and trembling introduction and preparation by soren kierkegaard